0: energy we want to come in with. <laughs> right <Let's> exactly. Go.
1: <laughs> um okay do you have anything before we get into the show i have something that's kind of tangentially related if you want to talk about it go for it so i was thinking about this the other day over the weekend maybe if someone asked you where you were from mm-hmm. what would you say
0: Is this a deeper question than just like I... No, just like you
1: meet someone, hey, where are you from? from,
0: Yeah, I'd say South Florida.
1: You would say South Florida. Mm -hmm. Is At any point in your life, do you think you will say, because I think this is probably true for both of us, I don't know if we're getting out of Virginia Beach, right? Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself (laughs) or do you think at any point in your life you would be like, I'm from Virginia Beach? No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Even never. though at one point you will have lived here longer than you
0: ever lived in South Florida. Yeah. And see, I don't even. Go, yeah, I don't even go by that. I like. So I was born in Canada, but I don't tell people. Right. Well, oh, I'm Canadian because yeah. I was in Canada until I was like two. Yeah. And then I was raised in Florida, but I will always associate where are you from, meaning, origin. Uh huh. And I've lived the longest in Florida again in my origins which are now over so i'm not like creating new origins uh-huh it's like i will never be from virginia beach the other issue that i think you're you're hinting at is i don't want to be associated with virginia beach. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so sure no i'm not going to claim this place i'm always going to believe even though it probably is not true that you know if i fl- if i close my eyes and flash forward 30 years I'm somewhere cold and mountainous, Yeah, wherever that would be. Right.
1: Um, yeah, I guess I kind of feel the same way, except I don't feel any sort of way about I was born in Ohio. I lived there until I turned 18 and I moved out. But I don't, like if someone asked me where I was from, I feel like I would not know what to say.
0: Yeah, if I were you, because I'd say I have Because
1: I haven't lived in Ohio, but I haven't lived in Ohio and
0: I'm 22, 22. years. Yeah, I mean, well, again, I I guess it's the difference that, that's what I was asking at first. Like I'm I'm at an airport. Yeah. Somebody says, Hey, where are you from? I'm gonna say Virginia. Because that is in terms of travel. Sure. Like, yeah, I'm coming from Virginia or I'm from Virginia. Like, if I'm at a conference, oh, where are you from? From Virginia. Now, if I'm at dinner with somebody or in a more, like, socialized, personal setting, they go, where are you from? I'm going to say Florida. Uh, yeah. Well, and-, and if I like them, I'm going to say your dream.
1: <laughs> well, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is because we own the city, obviously, about the city of Baltimore, but David Simon mm-hmm. is from Baltimore and everything he's done, I think, centers around Baltimore.
0: No, he did Treme, which was oh, right. around
1: which is New Orleans. He did right,
0: did Generation Kill.
1: But the, the majority of his work focuses on Baltimore. Man, you
0: are one pathetic loser.
1: And whenever he talks about the city of Baltimore, uh-huh. it's like in a very affectionate way. My city. It's right, yeah. It's my city. I love the people there, blah, 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 blah. And yet... Huh? the work that he's made about the city of Baltimore, not the most flattering view of the city, right?
0: Yeah, but again, it feels like one of those things that only someone who loves something can... That's know, what I'm saying, though. Critique. So, like,
1: what <laughs> what is there to love about Baltimore? Like, I, I don't... Under, I guess I don't... There's one aspect of I don't understand, which is like I, I've never understood the affinity that people have for their hometowns.
0: He centers it when you hear him talk about it. And especially D Watkins, when you hear them talk about it, which they talk about a lot in the last episode of their podcast of, of the city. Yeah. It's always about the people. That's what David Simon was talking right. about—the the pride that he has from seeing people follow him around the set of The Wire, who are now still in the industry, still working in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And D. Watkins, you know, at the end, he says it's it's a life lifelong work, right? Um, they they are, I think, connecting to the oppressed people of that city. Mm-hmm. That's who I think they think the city is it's the people yeah it's probably not like the buildings and sure all of that it's the, it's the people which again virginia beach doesn't have that stark of a contrast in terms of you know or identity that you can point to like that virginia beach specifically it's just yeah you know, some military thrown in there it's all some, some tra- transplant some transplant you don't have that that sense, which, again, this show captured that so well in listening to the podcast. You just get that city, what, what that city's about. And I don't know that you could do that with a place like Virginia Beach.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's talk about uh, part six, then. Okay. Um, any big takeaways
0: It's the end. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think the the big takeaways for me, and and it's something that we've talked a little bit about, is the trust that the writers and David Simon and George Pelicanos Mm -hmm. have for the audience to understand the point versus having the point stated clearly. And I will say this episode, which I liked a lot. Mm. And in the broad strokes, I thought they really did a masterful job with some tough stuff like the suitor situation. Uh Uh-huh. It was probably the most didactic episode of the season, just in terms of having characters, State clearly what the themes mm-hmm. of the epi- uh, of the show is, and it's echoed by the fact that in the final podcast episode, David Simon talks about the war on drugs and that being the primary goal right. of the show. And then D Watkins is like, "So, any other takeaways for the show?" And David Simon is like. Just like right. I don't, you can't. Pack I want you else. to. Yeah, I just want you to deal with the fact that the war on drugs right. is a complete and utter failure. Full stop. Yeah. And again, I think that directive explains a lot of the show. And whether you like it or not, I'll say it sacrifices artistry for messaging. Yeah. But the messaging is very clear, and I I agree. And as somebody who you know, David Simon has done more, like, artistic works. He's written books. For him to be this far in his career and this frustrated with the lack of change, I kind of now forgive the didactic preaching. Because I'm like, sure. If he doesn't think there's a better way to get this message across, rather than have, like, literally when they're getting sentenced, they have the two... uh Detect- detectives or FBI, who, whoever they're working for, again uh-huh. sitting like in the the audience, just like commenting on each and every. <laughs> it's verse. like a,
1: it's like you're watching Monday Night Football or something. It's just it's the play by play. It's a play by play.
0: Yeah, they're explaining like he didn't make the deal. That's like <laughs> right. he's going to jail. You know? yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I got it, but yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, uh, so the recap, again, from Vulture, I keep wanting to say Tobias Harris, which no. is obviously not the right person. Basketball. Tobias, somebody. Right.
0: No, Scott Tobias. Scott
1: Tobias. Um, and so I just grabbed what I thought were kind of the three major uh, focuses of the series. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with Nicole. Uh, all season long, Nicole had been working with her protege, Hakmed. Right, that's how they say it on the show. <laughs> on writing a con- a consent decree for the Baltimore Police Department, and Nicole, mm-hmm. all of the all of these people are the only people in the show that are. Fictional. Like, characters, fictional, right? It, it, it's not it, just Nicole. It's this whole DOJ storyline.
0: Right. This made me, this episode made me then go look up each and every one of these people. Yeah. And that's where I found out, yeah, she is completely made up. For yeah,
1: the-, the DOJ people are, are the one, like, concession. Uh, writing consent decree for the Baltimore Police Department intended to address a cultural of corruption and brutality that's eroded trust between the department and the citizens is ostensibly serving... She did not arrive naive to the difficult political realities, blah, 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 hostility between police unions, rank and file. Uh, She talks a lot about uh, uh, the incoming, the Trump regime and Jeff Sessions. Uh, She revisits the poet. He's a poet, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, She's got another scene with Treat Williams who... Does more exposition.
0: Well, he he lays out explicitly, we can't do anything until everyone is willing to admit that they lost. Right. Treat Williams is, is basically
1: David Simon.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And and states it so clearly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and then it ends with her resigning. Um, so what did you make of
0: all that? Satisfied with that? Listen, again artistically no Mm -hmm. artistically i think that she was a cipher to get the messaging of the show across Mm -hmm. that if without her you have a procedural a police procedural that is basically documentary level researched and reenacted but you then leave it up to the audience to try and decipher well what's the what's the big takeaway then and again David Simon doesn't want anyone to walk away with any other message than the war on drugs is a failure and is one of the primary reasons why cops behave poorly and uh, right and and yeah that that message is so clear in her storyline but in terms of like Feeling for the character. I didn't feel anything when she was walking away. I wasn't like, oh, they're losing so much. I was right. like, yeah, she's going to go back to her rich... Like, she uh, she mentions that she's from a wealthy family. Right. Right. And so it's like, oh, she's going to be fine. She's a lawyer. She's going to go do whatever. And uh, I, it, it showed that, yeah, they didn't really develop her as a character other than a cipher.
1: How do you feel about this... Um, sort of like there's there's two ways to kind of handle these scenarios as they're presented uh, these scenarios where you're seemingly just pu- pushing a rock up a hill right and there's mm-hmm. no end in sight and you get like you said with David Simon he just keeps pushing that rock and now it's because he's just being like as on the nose, as literal as you can, but he's still trying, he's still doing it. And then you have someone like Nicole Steele, who's just like, you know what? Nothing's going to happen. I'm just getting out. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like any sort of way towards one or the other? Like, I feel like obviously like the righteous answer is like, you want to be like David Simon and you just keep pushing along and doing what you can while you can. But at the same time, like, I completely sympathize with the idea of just like I've had enough, and I don't think anything's going to change.
0: I've mentioned this before, but if I truly had the courage of my convictions, I would never stop protesting mm-hmm. i wouldn't I wouldn't have a job, you know right. what I mean? because I believe most of the things I've been told by especially the scientific community that tell us, yeah, we, we've waited too long. The effects of global warming. Right. It's going to happen. And that's it. And I truly believe my son's future is going to be harder than mine. Yeah. I think there's going to be more inequality I think there's going to be more impacts of climate change. Mm -hmm. So what am I doing? Well, going to work, nine to five. I am mowing my lawn twice a week
1: Uh
0: or uh, once every other week. Right. And I'm focusing on giving my son the best upbringing I can. But I'm not doing anything other than... Than that to help change things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I even, for me, it was involved in the last presidential election um, in terms of, like, campaigning for Bernie. But we saw what happened with that. And you know what that made me feel? I could have wasted so much more of my time (laughs) on this. Right. That really, truly... (laughs) adds up to absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? And what am I giving up? I'm giving up that time with my son. I'm Mm -hmm. giving up time to do things that I enjoy, right? So am I a total coward when it comes to, like, actually acting on the things that I truly believe? Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. And... I have to come to terms, though, with the fact that that doesn't discount my feelings about it, right? That's something that I bought into when I was younger, where people say, oh, you care about it? Well, show me your time card on how much time you've spent on this thing. Right, yeah. It's like, I used to be like, yeah, you're right. I don't, and Now I'm like, you know what? Screw that. Screw you. Yeah. No, this stuff matters, so I'm going to do what I can within the boundaries of what I feel like my life can manage and what I want to manage, especially with my son, right? right. So that's that. That's how I, how I, have come to terms with it. Um, but with that being said, no, I would. I I, I will totally, if, yeah. I, I I'll just say if if I am a ghost who hangs around after I I die, and I get to watch the waters rise and, and my (laughs) child's child Uh then get like swept away. Am I going to have a ping of regret that I didn't quit my job and go and do just scream at the heavens as I died? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but ultimately I'm not going to change anything. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that, that's true. Okay,
1: so then we get to Suter. Um, Suter takes a different option. When the FBI questions him about the incident where Jenkins planted drugs in a car after a high-speed chase resulted in a fatal crash, Suter has to square up to a past he thought he'd successfully eluded The FBI doesn't believe that he's the person who did the planting, but it does need him to testify before a grand jury, and his participation in the whole affair is likely to cost him his job. Though the show notes that the real-life suitor's cause of death officially remains a homicide, rare to get a postscript title so long before an episode ends, it endorses the findings of an independent investigation that suggests it was a suicide. Um... So what I'll say first is that when I was um making notes and going through the comments for the very first episode of the of the show there someone in the comments was talking about how they were talking about how they were kind of disappointed that they decided to start the show with the end in the show closes with jenkins being arrested right mm-hmm. and then someone else came in and was like well i think they're trying to go through the Chern- the chernobyl route where i guess spoiler for chernobyl some main character there commits suicide in the mm-hmm. first episode and they're referencing that and then another person comes in and says you know it's a real shame that people still think Suter committed suicide Mm. And I was like, what suit? And so that, so I had that entire thing hanging over my head for every single episode I watched. I knew he was going to die. At least I didn't really, uh, I didn't then go and look into it. I just sort of stayed as ignorant as I could. I had no idea it was going to be this like controversial thing of like, did he commit suicide? Was he killed? Blah, 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 blah. But, um, I figured we would get into that. The other kind of thing I had that I wanted to ask you about is, so at the very top, we talked about how David Simon's one takeaway, he was very adamant about this in the podcast. He was like, I want the only thing people take away from this show is that the war on drugs is a failure, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing I've spent the most time thinking about since the show ended and looking into and watching other things about is Sean Souter's death. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, I don't know how else they could have handled it, but I feel like handling it in the way they did kind of takes the attention away from the war on drugs aspect of it because there's this, and I don't know if maybe you just can't do it without taking away from, because it is this like controversial mystery. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I felt like that kind of takes away from the point of the show. Did you feel that? Because I've just been, you know, trying to figure out what happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, so the thing that they did that I think is good, if you're going to tackle it, is they presented it in such a way that they stuck to as many of the facts that are known as they could. Right. And the scene, to me, plays unambiguous towards his suicide. Right. Yeah. So they, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that he dies. Right. And so when it happened, I didn't have. Did you any, not? I didn't have even any. leading up to it. You didn't pick up on any of it. Well, he because
1: there's a lot of in this episode. A lot of like he wakes up in the middle of the night and goes and looks at his kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, he goes and revisits his very first patrol spot.
0: Right. Well, all that I think gives you the idea that he committed suicide. You know what I mean? He wakes oh, up, took his kids. Right. he's like, I want to go down memory lane. And then when it actually happened, I, I was like, oh yeah, he committed suicide. That's, that's terrible. So to me, it didn't create a dissonance until after the episode. And then you sent me the slow hustle right. documentary. Then I watched that. And then I became like, oh, that's interesting. But I will say based on my cursory, you know, look into it. Uh, I, I would probably side with David Simon.
1: Yeah, I mean, the I, I thought... What I do like about it is that the show... And we'll, I, I've got other notes about this later, and we've talked about it before, but in, in all of this stuff, outside of the DOJ stuff, every single time you see something and you think, there's no way, it is like literally a transcript from what happened. And so, and even in this they've recreated the scene exactly to what physical evidence they have. And they have not like elaborated that or taken really any artistic, um, uh, assumptions with it, I guess, outside of like what Suter's doing in his house in the middle of the night. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, while also very clearly giving you the perspective of like, we think this guy killed himself. Um, and the other thing that I think is interesting, interesting about that. We talked about this in the podcast and in the slow hustle, because D Watkins is in, who hosts the podcast is also as a big figure in the, in the, mm-hmm. the slow hustle. He does not agree with that. He mm-hmm. thinks that um, he thinks that it was a setup, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's interesting to me too. And I I, <clears throat> I find myself siding with you and with the show in that even after watching the slow hustle, even after everything I've looked into, there's nothing that convinces me it wasn't a suicide. And all of the stuff that seems to be available as evidence points to suicide. Um but just the fact that someone who's so much more closer to it, like Dee Watkins, doesn't think that makes me feel like, well, mm-hmm. you know, what do I know, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and there's also this aspect of, like, this is a real person. And, exactly. And, and the family is a big focus of the documentary. And it's like, that was the other thing that I thought was kind of weird and I guess this is just kind of something you have to deal with when you're making a show or anything that's based on real events. Is like, I don't know if I would have the like conviction to make like a definitive viewpoint knowing that the family was like still going through all of this and they didn't agree with it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And, and I will say that again, I think, I think the details of the show do looking back now that i watch this little hustle, i think it is a really good job looking at now of of leaving that nuance there to be like perhaps there was a a setup you know um so i don't think that's mutually like i don't think it tips its hand so far as to be like this is 100% what what happened in, in eliminating anything yeah so yeah i'll say that the other the other issue is there's a he's a real person there's a family and there are like real benefits on the line too right yeah so i mean for for those reasons yeah i am not too invested in being like yeah no it
1: was a suicide like yeah well yeah and the other thing too that that makes me hesitate is that my introduction to the whole thing and you know uh, up until That point in the show, the only thing I've known and been told about it, basically, is leading me down this path to believe it was a suicide. So, it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of my uh, reticence to not think that is based on the fact that that was my introduction, and you know what I mean? That's how I came to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, the documentary, The Slow Hustle, is basically about that it also talks about the gun trace task force Mm -hmm. obviously i guess it kind of has to um what did you think you liked the documentary i did yeah it's really good it's a great like even though it came out before this it came out uh last year i think it's like a great companion piece Mm -hmm. to the show uh and it was directed by did you see that no sonya son who is kima from the wire hey oh man crazy right yeah she's great yeah um and so even and you this is the other thing too so you see the footage in the documentary so david simon talks about the moment where he's standing behind the van and And hesitating and pacing and in the podcast david simon says you know we have that footage that's why it's in the show and that's one of the reasons why he thinks it's a suicide because you can see him hesitating but then you see the footage in the documentary and it's like it's like five pixels on the screen it's like how can you tell what's going on mm-hmm. um the other thing that i saw i think this was probably pointed out in the comments is that and this is this also weirds me out when it comes to these true crime shows the photos and video of the real suitor after being shot in the head and laying dead on the ground is in the intro to the show Mm -hmm. there are shots of him laying dead on the ground and it's like it's yeah someone points it out in the in the comments and it's like that's weird (laughs) you know uh Uh, And then someone else pointed out, I think, or maybe this was in the recap, but anyways, I thought the show did a great, kind of a great job of making this another, uh, because I think after it happens is when we go back to, maybe not go back to Jenkins, but at some point in the episode after that happens, everyone's kind of denying planting the drugs, right? And because Suter's dead, he can't, defend himself, even though I don't think he planted the drugs and I don't think anybody really thinks he did. Uh, but it does show that he's kind of just another victim of Jenkins corruption, right? Mm -hmm. Even though he's complicit in some of it, but like after he's died, he's now being pinned for things Mm -hmm. that he didn't do. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, like you said, like, I'm not a detective. And I think the problem with true crime is that it makes you feel like you are a detective. Mm-hmm. And so there are things that stood out to me about the documentary and the show that I'm obviously hesitant to talk about, you know, other than like you and me privately, because it, it involves real people. And yeah. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about or right. what, what happened. But I will say that it, the, the, the blame should fall on the system especially yeah. with Souter. because you look at his reputation right which they mention and the documentary is clear to mention the guy seemed like a real stand up mm-hmm. officer yeah and again in in a system where the corruption was so open and where the bad cops were so easily known to the people, yeah, like it was why Herschel, like, and and is it the the podcast or the show where they? Oh no, it's it's the show where they play the rap song, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. local rap, like these people are known, and for him to have a good reputation in that, I think speaks to the fact that he was probably a real stand-up dude, right. For him to be sullied and dirtied, even even with the implication hovering over him that he took mm-hmm. to cause a situation like what happened, no matter what actually happened, to have that be the result means that the whole that you point back at the system. Okay? Yeah, the system is broken. That's why he's dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. uh I guess this is par for the course too, but like, right. I think right. It, it, yeah. When they call the lawyers are like meeting and they get the call that he's been shot and it, 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 without missing a beat, they immediately just go into like, he wasn't even, he wasn't even uh, right. It's like, it's just more explaining like why this was unnecessary. Well, that,
0: that's what they were they're there. for, right. <laughs> that's what all yeah. those characters are there for, which again, is like, yeah, I, I get it. But at the same time, like, you know, you know, if you're making a, a, art piece you don't need that but if you're making a piece that's like stop right stop this look at the yeah look at the impact then obviously that that's pretty clear
1: yeah all right so then we get jenkins uh he go he's goes he goes down as a scoundrel and notably and a notably common one at that key line of dialogue comes from the f- first scene when he when he waves off his lawyer and defies the possible plea deal on the table. So we didn't get like the good, like the great interrogation scene that I was looking forward Mm -hmm. to at the end of the last episode, which is, you know, there's nothing you do about it. It didn't happen. Yeah, It didn't happen.
0: Right. That's the thing. Like he still, he still is, you know, he's admitted to things, but he still is um, standing up for his own innocence and certain, certain factors. Right. Yeah. Like from prison. So,
1: yeah. Uh, he tells the FBI, "I'm one of the most talked about, most celebrated officers in the history of this city. Do you not find it odd that all of a sudden I'm the mastermind of this whole thing?" He means it as a rhetorical question, but it's actually not difficult to answer to all. It's not difficult to answer at all. No, it's not odd that the most celebrated officer of a corrupt department is corrupt. Mm-hmm. For a plain, task force with no accountability and endless opportunities for criminal mischief. We own this city argues that it's almost inevitable, and when the new commissioner quietly revives playing closed units, the cycle begins anew. Mm-hmm.
0: uh
1: what did you make of the scene at the end where he's giving his opening speech again, but this time he's giving it to all of the basically um, police officers who've been complicit in the corruption. Yeah, right. I thought,
0: yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah,
1: I yeah. love. I really like that. Exactly. A
0: lot. I I really like that, and I really like John Bernthal pretty much in in all the ending. Yeah. Um, I even like the end end with with his look and and walk out in the yard. Yeah. Um,
1: and he gets beat up after that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, and I was I watched it twice because I watched it once on my own and I watched it again with Julia and at the in that last scene where he starts like uh stomping his <laughs> foot and yelling amongst all the other police officers there's a moment I caught there's like an extra in the front who like gets so <laughs> excited that he stomps his foot a little bit too and it's so funny <laughs> he's just so into it I need to go back and take a look at that yeah but and even more so then that, so I mean, that goes down, I guess, how we all expect it to. We know he gets arrested, we know what the story is about, but I think the kind of the most interesting aspect of it is that it's not just Jenkins, it's everybody. It's the new police commissioner, it's the, the mayor. old deputy police commissioner, it's the mayor, it's like everybody. It's crazy. Um, uh, and again, that kind of goes to my point of like, I mean, I get it you like the city because of the people, but it's like, man, this city's really bad, <laughs> in a bad spot. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, yeah, to, to me, I, and again, I feel like you're, you're constrained by so many things, but this story definitely has a, a, like, multi-season, you know, just like The Wire was like, here's the educational system. Right. Here's the the media, you know, situation that this this story also has room for all of that, you know. And yeah. there's a piece of me that that wants to see that kind of like 30-hour multi-season, you know, in-depth uh exploration of this stuff because yeah, in the end you get like yeah, this new police commissioner Gone in four months. Yeah. You know, mayor. Oh yeah. She's gone too. Corrupt. Yeah. Well, and I think
1: part of the, the, the part of it too is like, you, you wonder how can this happen? But I think like in the grand scheme of things, like this is, this happens because that this is what our system encourages. Right. And not just the police system, like capitalism in general, just encourages taking everything you can any way you can and keeping it for yourself absolutely right it, it encourages pulling the ladder up once you've made it over the wall right and so that's just what everybody's doing it's like but at some point it's like if you're uh Bill Gates and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos you know you found a way to do it so much that you can just do whatever you want right but if you're the mayor of Baltimore it's like you can, you know, be arrested because you're not you don't have as much money as everybody else even though they're essentially doing the same thing.
0: Right. And you you have like I don't know. You you, you said Jeffrey Bezos, so maybe this is a side track, but it popped in my head how you just have open season on like grift grifting mm-hmm. now like and then you have the different levels of grift, you know? So you have like the influencers on the low level, like the crypto people, who are mm-hmm. like, this is not financial advice, but you should invest all your money in this thing and right. getting followers and making money off of these people. Uh, and But that's the same thing that, like, Elon Musk and Elizabeth mm-hmm. Holmes are doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sa- same thing. Same like, thing. Elon Musk has no specialty in any of the industries he's involved in. Right. He's not an engineer. He's bought his way he's into a, everything. He's bought his way in. He bought right. Tesla and all of a sudden he's now an, an expert. Right. And then what you see is underneath that is just a very insecure person who has no ideas. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? No, no, no perspective. Right. And uh and and all these people just get exposed. Um and so yeah, it's 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 happening all across Every sector, you know? Yeah. It's just grifters and something
1: else I noticed, and I don't know if I had missed this in every other episode, but all of a sudden, John Bernthal is using the word cruddy a lot in this episode. Cruddy. Whenever they're talking about dirty cops, he's saying, People think I'm cruddy. No one said that word in the other five <laughs> episodes, right?
0: Huh. It's uh, just a weird term they yeah. introduced at the very end. I wish I would have noticed that.
1: Yeah, it says it three or four times. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think the big, the big thing that I wanted to talk about was, yeah, David Simon, think not thinking, but saying the show, the takeaway from the show needs to be end the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. So we've got some extra here, some extras here. I looked into the mayor's tax evasion scheme. Mm -hmm. So the new chief of police she assigns resigns and is arrested for not paying his taxes Mm -hmm. like willfully or whatever. He just doesn't do it. He just like, yeah, purposefully doesn't do it. I guess there's a difference between like not doing it on purpose and like not knowing you're doing it. I don't know. Uh, But then the, the, Mayor gets arrested because of this weird scheme uh, that she cooked up around a children's book that she wrote. And it took me a little bit to mm. figure out what was going on. And I found this NPR ar- article and it says prosecutors has, had accused Pew of earning approximately $800,000 from the Healthy Holly book series about an African-American girl who promotes exercise and nutritious eating habits but the problem was that thousands of books that nonprofits and foundations just, ordered wow. to distribute to in schools and daycares to promote healthy choices and combat obesity were never delivered to the city's children as NPR reported in November. Instead, authorities say she took books that were already purchased and resold them. (laughs) Pew then funneled those proceeds into her own political campaigns and used the cash to purchase and renovate a house in Baltimore. Which, again, you know, name name one of these things that Donald Trump hasn't already done, right? Or that uh, Donald Trump Jr., that's the loudmouth one, right, is mm-hmm. doing the same thing. Like, this is literally the same thing. They're, they're, they're taking money from their campaigns and using it to pay off debt. Like, it's no different. But, you know, Donald Trump is what? He's white. He probably has more, a lot more money than Catherine Pugh. So it's like, yeah, he can get away with it. Um, the other thing... Oh, Donald Stepp, the bail bondsman. In one of our previous podcasts, I was asking whether or not that house they meet in front of with, like, the pier, the really nice house, mm-hmm. was Bernthal's. It is not. It's Donald's steps. Mm. Uh, the scene where Jenkins let lets... Oh, and Arresti make a phone call. So this is from um, Fenton's Twitter thread. There's the scene where they're chasing a guy down the road, throws the cop in the garbage bags, and... Um, um, Jenkins allows him to have a phone call, and as soon as the, <laughs> as soon as his girlfriend answers, he's like, "They planted a gun." On me. <laughs> and he gets really incredulous about it, and he's like, "We're do things by the book. We're not dirty cops, blah blah blah." Again, dialogue taken directly from body cam <laughs> footage. Sucks. like it's just crazy, oh, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um that was it. Yeah, that was all the extras I had because we talked about the rest of the stuff.
0: What's your feeling on the show overall?
1: Yeah, overall it's a it's a it's a great show, you know. I think if nothing else just because regardless of how it happens and how they do it, it's saying a lot of stuff that I agree with that I think needs to be said and probably needs to be said bluntly, right? Don't leave it open for interpretation, mm-hmm. right? It may be a little tedious to watch, but, like, spell it out so people can't, like, look away or they can't hand-wave it as something else or... You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm glad I watched it, obviously.
0: Yeah. I I I liked it, and I agree. I always feel like, you know... I always want to see the people who shows like this are truly made for watch these
1: shows right yeah and watch the i want to see my mom watch this show yeah or maybe like your dad right and what do they take away what do
0: they take away what 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 do they get hung up on how are they going to argue it right what What thing do they use to then dismiss the whole right show yeah um and it's so interesting to the few times that I have had conversations like that. It really is something petty. It really is oh, like a small, yeah. yeah. Well, well, if you notice in the opening title screen, you know, it's like yeah. okay, so you didn't, you you, you didn't want to engage in anything real, so you just kind of picked
1: up. Well, that and that is kind of that's interesting because that's also kind of what happens with the suitor investigation. I don't want to say it's like petty, but there is in the independent report that gets released where they're like, we think he committed suicide. They said uh, Herschel... They say Herschel pled guilty, which he didn't. He pled not guilty then. And that's why it went to, like, federal court, um, which is kind of, like, obviously that's wrong. They're wrong about that. But at the same time, I don't think that has anything to do with, Bearing like, the investigation. The, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of, like, a tertiary thing or whatever. But, yeah.
0: I mean, sure, it's something that you look at and you go, how, how do you How do you that miss wrong? that? Yeah. Like, he's a big guy to get wrong. But... They, I think the one thing they'll say about that is in the slow hustle, when it starts getting into the alternative theories, you can see why they don't really touch it. Because the alternative theories are basically set up by the department, right? which would involve real people and kind of calling yeah. them out or yeah. even throwing their names around in a hypothetical. And obviously that's not... no one wants to do that yeah but um so yeah that's that's i think yeah it's either he commits suicide or there is a massive massive conspiracy yeah
1: um okay do you want to do some quick finals takes nba finals starts tonight sure who do you think is uh going to win
0: i don't think i don't think it's even a question golden state's going to win okay um i think you know i'm a heat fan Uh uh-huh so i have to say a little checked out this season (laughs) i did follow the playoffs with with my heat in Uh it and i watched them play and it's it's hard to know if miami won their games because they showed up or because boston didn't right and i think that's the crux yeah of what's gonna happen this next se- series my thinking now that i've been clued back in i've even been listening to some other podcast and information it seems to the theory seems to be that boston doesn't show up sometimes and we saw yeah. that in game seven when boston literally gave up at the yeah. end like yeah i i counted the heat out and then as I, i'm like how are they catching up so yeah. so much and made it a game you know towards the end but uh Bo- yeah boston just truly didn't stop playing so yeah. i if 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 that's true if the boston team is that hot and cold and it wasn't that the heat outplayed them the time so we blew them out um it, it was just really boston not showing up yeah you know, i'm going to say boston in 4
1: yeah you mean golden state in 4
0: Sorry. Yeah, it
1: seems to me that the this Boston team can really check out quick in a game. <laughs> you know, it's like if they're up by like 10 or 15 points, they're like full tilt. But as soon as like something doesn't go their way, it's just like, you know what, we'll get them next time. <laughs>
0: you know? <Yeah. laughs> well, you know this is the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but right. you know, next year <laughs> yeah. counts too. We'll get them whenever. Yeah. Uh yeah,
1: my it seems to it seems like Boston probably has the better team in terms of like overall talent Mm. and configuration and all Mm. that. But because it seems like they check out, I have to go with the Warriors. And some of that is based off of their um, finals runs from three or four years ago when they were playing against the Cavs. Because in those years, especially it was like a thing that at the beginning of the third quarter no matter they could be down by 20 points going into halftime 2 minutes after third quarter has started and they're up by like 12 points and you're just like wait a minute what happened and and they just like they have this switch they can turn on mm-hmm. and for me at least as a fan there's nothing more She's licking my my toes. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> there's nothing more, as as a fan of NBA of the NBA in general and as not so much of a fan of Golden State during those years Mm because I wanted Cleveland to win there was nothing more demoralizing than seeing Steph Curry hit like a 40 foot three pointer just like at the just on a whim you know what I mean and then doing that like three or four times and just like you know what. It gets to the point where he's like, "They, you know what? They should make a rule. He shouldn't be allowed to do this at all." <laughs> it just gets—you have to. There's so, a boundary on the other side, right? Of and it just gets so annoying that, and seeing how easily these Boston, these Boston guys can check out, it's just like, "I don't see them having like a way to get past that."
0: Yeah. So this is going to show my my ignorance on Boston, but like they're still like a young team. Jalen Brown. Right. That's
1: the other and, thing. Literally nobody on Boston's team has ever been to the finals.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> right, but but I feel like in terms of turning it on, yeah. I, I, so I guess really for me going in, then the the question is like veteran playoff mm-hmm. experience versus youthful, you know, energy energy. Yeah, and which one can sustain through a seven game series um but i yeah so let, yeah let, let's say uh, boston's gonna take one of these first two i'll say mm-hmm. and that's gonna be their only win
1: okay so a gentleman's sweep as they call it basically mm-hmm. okay
0: gentleman's sweep
1: yeah i i could see it either just being a straight up like 4 0 sw- sweep like the celtics just get like blitzed and they have no idea what's going on
0: Mm.
1: i so i think it's either going to be that or it's going to be like a seven game series where it just goes back and forth because the boston team is good they just don't seem to be very like strong mentally
0: yeah yeah i I i've i have more faith in boston maybe i don't know i wish i knew more about the team because just based on the heat series That shouldn't have gone seven.
1: Well, exactly. (laughs) With the Heat series, there's like three or four games that were complete blowouts for either team. And then there was a game that Boston gave up like a 25-point lead and lost, right, that they should not have lost. There was a game that was like an actual good game. And then there was game seven, which is like Boston led the entire game, literally the entire game Boston led. But then like the last five minutes, it's like they're doing everything they can to just lose. Exactly. You know? So it's like I don't know if I can – you know, put much faith in that. <clears throat> All right, and anything on the horizon that we have to look yeah, forward to? Yeah, so I was,
0: I was, I looked into that a little bit. Got a little sidetracked. Sorry, I'm Mabel. Your dog <laughs> is just going to town on my feet, man. Um, she's 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 good now. Down here now. Um. So yeah, I took a I took a look, and. For all mankind is coming back. Okay. Um, that's that space show that I've mentioned before. But nothing that really got me excited. Um, you know, I will say best show going now or Barry. Barry mm-hmm. and Better Call Saul is really killing it. Literally, um uh, this <laughs> this last season. But I was wondering. Because there is a lull over the next like week or so, if you wanted to maybe talk about the finals, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't mind really digging into, uh, to to the finals a little bit. But if we wanted to try and knock out one of the movies that I've been encouraging you to see, okay, there's two big ones. All right, that I've I've been wanting your opinion on, um, the Taking a 2, one two three. Uh huh. And I actually can't think of the other one. I think it's a foreign film though. Drive my car. Uh, that, I mean that was the one that was like super excited. like like there, there are there, there I know that there are two. I'll have to go back and look in our text threads. okay. I know that there are two that I've watched where I was like, oh my god, like this is this is made for Justin or this is so not made for Justin, I, <laughs> I just have to, I have to know, I have to uh-huh. know what, what you'd say about it. Okay. So I was, so I was thinking maybe we could knock out, you know, one of those, maybe talk playoffs and then one of those, um, Holy Grail movies that I've been wanting okay. to get your I'll,
1: Yeah. I'll watch one of your foreign movies that you have to watch both. <laughs> <laughs> is,
0: is that on Netflix or something? I don't know. Cool. Yeah, I don't know all right deal all right